This episode of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live is brought to you in part by Viewfinders Identity Search and Design. Your choice for web design, graphic design, and all multimedia development needs. Visit VFISAD.com and let us bring your vision to reality. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Gohan from Dragon Ball Super, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Excuse me, Gohan, this is more of a narrator type thing. Uh, okay. Just do it more like a next time on Talk Time Live. Uh, next time on Talk Time Live. Don't quit your day job, Gohan. It's time. Talk time. Let's go. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Live. Started in the 80s with Matt Cross. Dudes in the hood might have called that soft, but I carried that cross like Jesus did. Fast forward, what I teach the kids to learn how to let go, live life, and show love to all things that don't matter. Where y'all from? And luckily, there's a show called Talk Time. We've been waiting for this for a long time. Dax kicks the facts on all the geek news. Special guests and unbiased reviews. Suburban kids, the hipster street dudes. All can learn something new. Me too. I heard words when no faith is empty. I stayed the course, so my haters tempt me. Beep the podcast, that'll make them envy. It ain't too trendy. It's ACMG. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk Time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Anime, comics, movies, and games. Come on and let's get it. Talk time. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Journal of My Life that covers all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the Prime Show. I am your host, Xavier Josiah. Folks, we got a loaded show for you today, and I mean a lot of news going on in our favorite fandoms this week. And in our talk topic of the week, we're just going to recap episodes one through eight, mostly highlight uh, what happened in episodes one through eight of WandaVision in preparation and anticipation for the season finale going on next week. I mean, and of course, we're going to talk about the uh, latest episode as well. Uh, but I felt that it was just best to just talk about it all leading up to what's going on now because so much has happened. And what a ride. This absolutely is the best show in terms of comic book shows on TV well, on streaming networks or just in general in 2021. And man, does it keep, does it not disappoint? I also want to talk about a review that I read in regards to that too. So we'll talk about all of this and much more. But for now, let's not waste any time. Let's find out what's new in the world of ACMG. And now it's time to find out what's new in the world of ACMG. Okay, the first thing I want to do is give my thoughts on the recent Tom and Jerry movie that just arrived in theaters and on HBO Max for subscribers of that platform. I came into this movie with much hesitation 
in slight skepticism. Uh, I, I it, when I saw the trailer, I saw that it was like a, you know, the car, the, the normal formula of you know cartoon meets real world type of situation we've seen this before sonic the hedgehog successfully did it which is a rare uh we've also seen other franchises and stuff do that which didn't work and it didn't the smurfs i, I can say i wasn't a fan of the smurf movies the first two because that whole mixture of them being in another from another world and they teleporting into the real world and stuff like that's like what was the point of that it doesn't make sense sonic the hedgehog made a lot of sense when they did it the way they wrote it and, and made it uh, work for them um but this was more like a who framed roger rabbit type of thing where this just exists in this world and i it was because of that that i really enjoyed it because in this world it wasn't just tom and jerry that were in this world that was fully animated every animal in the real world were animated characters and it was just like we were supposed to just like that's just a norm i dug that i absolutely dug that because it, it really played on somewhat of what the original cartoons did where these characters just you know lived in this world and they acted the way they acted but you know of course it wasn't they didn't do the reality and mixture with the animated deal the roger rabbit deal i should say but i thought they did this really well what really got me in though was at the very beginning, I, I caught me off guard with this. Caught me completely off guard with this. Is when the first thing you hear when the movie comes on is the classic hip hop song. Can you kick it? Can I kick it? By a tribe called Quest, one of my all time great favorite rap group of all time. <laughs> okay. Like the like a tribe called Quest is the new addition of hip-hop to me like these guys you know fife um and q-tip like oh my god is these guys were just the native tongues in general like anybody that was connected to the native tongues which was a large group of hip-hop artists coming together at times it consisted of a lot of uh the jungle brothers queen latifah and the flavor unit and a whole bunch of other people man it was just just a a great group of hip-hop artists that were very conscious about what they were rapping about and talked about some real world issues and all this stuff it's really awesome tribe is legend so to hear that when i first watched the movie it immediately drew me in i was like whoa i never thought in my in my wildest dreams that i would hear a tribe called quest of anything on a tom and jerry format and then on top of that they had pigeons that was rapping <laughs> to it as well like it was they were like lip syncing q-tip and, and fife's uh verses and everything so i was like all right they I, they uh, completely drew me in i i come to find out later that this movie was directed by tim story tim story if for those who know especially if you're a, a marvel comic book um fan tim story is the guy who directed both fantastic four movies the, the fantastic four movies that i always defend the first one with, with jessica alba and there's uh susan storm and, and chris evans as um as uh johnny storm i always defend michael chiklis as the thing i always defend that movie because i thought it was good it wasn't the greatest thing ever but it was really good and it was so good that it actually got a sequel and if it was and if it sucked the first time why did it get a sequel they don't normally do that 
the second one rise of the silver surfer i thought was also good despite the fact that they never showed galactus and i thought that yeah that was that was that was crappy but at the same time maybe they just did not have the technology to do it and the, and the imagination to do it at the time but it didn't for me it didn't hurt the rest of the movie because silver surfer played by Lawrence Fishburne was awesome um i actually did like their version of dr doom he wasn't the best dr doom in the world i'm sure they could do better but he was he was acceptable for me and i dug it so i mean i've always defended tim's story in those cases he's also went on to direct a lot of other really cool um movies and comedy shows too like it's some of chris um Hart, kevin hart's not chris hart's kevin hart's um deal uh he did let me explain and um believe laugh until it hurts so i mean like this dude is he's he's quality and it's even more proven in this movie i i really enjoy what they did chloe grace uh moretz uh plays kayla of course you know her as hit girl from kick ass um michael pina is the real probably reason why i drew me in because i love this dude he's awesome in anything he plays especially on ant-man he plays kind of the kind of the antagonist dude the bad guy in this case he plays a character named terrence in here uh jordan bulger i don't i've never seen this guy before he plays uh, cameron who is kind of like the slightly love interest of uh kayla uh the, the kayla character here and i i dug this for a lot of reasons he was he he was a very standout type of character he was in for a few scenes but he stood out in this uh, case um funny a very funny character uh character played by patsy farron was joy the bell uh girl who like just pops up out of nowhere <laughs> like she just she's one of those um people or characters that is is like mostly invisible to people don't they don't know that she's like sitting standing right there the whole entire time until she speaks and it's just it's really awesome uh colin jost i believe from uh deadpool that's which i remember him from he plays ben um just some really good characters ken john plays chef jackie who's also funny as well it, it was i i was just really impressed at how well done this was and i love the fact that tim story made this I mean, I, if it was, I, I think my only criticism I would have, I would love to have more of Tom and Jerry and the characters and a little less of the human storytelling in this because it is them. But I, I understand that they were telling a story about what was going on and how um, Kayla's character was trying to get a job and she was just, you know, she was surviving in the streets, all of them tom jerry and her were surviving in the streets and they all decided somehow to work together within this really extravagant hotel that she ended up getting a job from in order to you know in order to like you know get to work but she you know she was she got this job basically by kind of scamming her way into getting this job and of being a hotel you know curator of, of sorts of i believe and one of the things that was standing in her way was jerry who was just in the building taking things and doing what jerry does best and she figured out and found tom who she ended up teaming up with to get jerry and then later on you figure out like it just becomes a whole thing like later on and then and also uh added to that you have um who was in here uh pallavi uh sharda who plays preta and uh, no, Colin Jost uh, from Saturday Night Live. He did, he he was um, he wasn't in Deadpool. Colin Jost is um, the SNL uh, news guy who I love so much. But he played the husband to um, Preta in there. And I, you know, 
I thought they were cool. They were really cool in there, and, and they were getting married in a hotel, basically. So it was up to Kayla to make sure that this this uh, wedding goes off without a hitch, without Jerry interfering. So it just caused a lot of chaos. But what I loved about this movie most is that if you've been a fan of Tom and Jerry, the old you know cartoons that we all a lot of us grew up with, then you will also you will absolutely also love what they did because you'll recognize some of the things that they've done that we used to watch in the cartoons like the way tom screams or you know some of the antics that they've done well if anybody ever watched when tom has issues or beef with spike the dog that he takes out his teeth his normal teeth puts in a more ferocious sharper bigger amount of teeth because he's gonna <laughs> he's gonna uh, beat up tom or bite tom or whatever like that and they start chasing like some of the some of the antics that that they uh that we see in original cartoons are you know are in this thing and they pay homage to that and it's really cool I, it's a really great family film it is an absolutely great family film. Uh, it's a, it's a, it is a movie for all ages, and it is targeted for people of all ages because they're, you know, there's the fan base who grew up with Tom and Jerry, like myself, and then there's the kids who may have wanted. And I love the fact also that they did not steer away from the violence. And I, not like it, it's not like Mortal Kombat violence, but this is old school cartoon violence, where at one point, I guess the FCC or whatever considered it too violent and too dangerous for people to be watching but it was cartoon violence it's like nobody's gonna really do what they do in real life it's just insane but they never stared away from it the, you know you can't have tom and jerry without that type of you know action and antics going on in here it just wouldn't have been the same but i love the way they did it i also like that if you go on imdb then you also notice that tom and jerry are credited in the actual imdb i just hate the fact that they didn't go full force with it because they don't have pictures of tom and jerry in there it would if they're gonna give them credit on imdb why not just go the full you know deal with it and just like freaking just put pictures up but i thought it was really funny and they also credit them credit them in the uh in the movie as well so i enjoyed it i you know if you're if you're also hesitant about it i know some of our acmg members was also hesitant about checking it out but i totally confirmed that like this and it i mean goodness there's a lot of hip-hop music playing classic hip-hop music playing in fact there's a scene where jerry actually comes out of his you know his his little mouse hole of a house opens the door he's in a tub or whatever he's steaming but you hear Jodeci in the back. So like this dude is just cat this 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 mouse is chilling in his crib listening to Jodeci. I was done. <laughs> I was absolutely done. You also hear like Eric B and Rakim uh classics in there as well. Don't sweat the technique in there. I'm like they like Tim Story really, really like there was always a joke, a running joke about Tom being black because of some of the things that he did in past um cartoons one one of the most infamous cartoons that we saw with tom is when one of the episodes and it's just one of the one of the many episodes that we see tom trying to you know um you know spit game or throw game to like a a female cat that he likes and then only for jerry to kind of cat block him in a sense and this is where everybody when you know people in my generation started growing up to realize that wait a minute jerry's actually the bad guy here like those episodes when he when when like tom is like not even trying to antagonize him jerry just automatically starts like messing with the dude 
and picking on a dude and trying to make him look stupid in front of the girl so you know that happens in this movie as well like they don't miss a beat with some of the the, the normal formulaic things that we see from the old cartoons but it, i thought it was absolutely well done if you have not watched it if you own hbo max go out of your way to check it out i would highly recommend doing it on hbo max rather than theaters but you know people are getting vaccinated now so if you if if you're in a safe environment hell go into the theaters check it out it's a great family movie indeed so i love it now let's get into some real news here today is the last day of black history month this is february 28th as i am recording this so we got to talk about this because this is interesting it looks like it is finally happening and a black superman may be coming and deadline confirmed that esteemed author and comic book writer Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing a Superman reboot feature for Warner Brothers and DC, which J.J. Abrams is producing under his Bad Robot label. There were talks of a Black Superman a while ago, uh, some time ago, I believe, which was rumored to be involved with Michael B. Jordan or something like that, or something to that nature, um, that that was talked about years ago. But nothing came to fruition, and, and he's always denied it since then. I, I went, now, trust me, I think if he would have known to want to do that he would i don't think he would hesitate despite the fact that he had a failed attempt being johnny storm in the fantastic four movie that was not his fault and everybody who knows about that movie knows that it wasn't his fault or the other actor's fault for what happened in that movie it was the actors were quality the directing was horrendous still i still can't believe disney plus has that available to watch on on yet they don't have rise of the silver surfer yet i don't understand that they have the tim story version uh of fantastic four but they don't have um they don't have rise of the silver surfer or the crappy roger corman movie before that the original fantastic four but um it looks like this is happening of course with that said with this news coming out you know there are you know there's always an attempt to bring out some hate from the vocal minority on social media what they possibly don't know i know some comic book fans do know this and some people are still going to argue this regardless because there may be some racist intentions in the mind of those people but there are also people who will argue it who may not know because if we know any we know anything about social media is that they tend to talk a lot of ish without knowing about a lot of ish and in this case what they possibly don't know maybe if you don't know now you're gonna know in the words of uh trevor noah um what you may not know is that throughout dc's multiverse history we have come across i believe about four different superman characters of color let's go down the line earth 2 there's a superman by the name of val zod who is a man of color he's black earth nine superman was a black man named harvey dent earth 23 superman was a man a black man named calvin ellis which i believe this may be the character this could be the character that ta-nehisi coates will be focusing on um and just so you know he was also the president of the united states so take that into consideration before president obama ever was this character was created so earth 47 
Superman is also black and goes by the name of Sunshine Superman. I mean, he's like a 70s throwback of a uh, of a Superman there. So I don't know if he's like a black exploitation version. I've never read, I never actually read any of them, but I have the actual my source from this is from the actual pages of the DC multiverse uh, book, which you could go find out anywhere. You could probably order it on um, Amazon or Kindle, or whatever like that. It's out there and it'll show you all of the different multiverse versions of the DC characters there. And you will see that there's four black Superman out there. So this is nothing new. <laughs> this is nothing new i mean so if if and i what i did too for our acmg facebook members if you're there uh if you're listening for, to this show i posted a graphic that i created with all four of those uh references from the book uh and you'll see it on there so if any, if anybody tries to argue that and even if they try to provide some confirmation bias of your facts of this you have that reference to say like this is nothing new they have been doing this for god knows how long this is a norm and it should be norm you know we always have our clark kent but dc has provided us the opportunity to to be more creative with these multiverses and there yes you can have a black superman you can have an asian superman you can have a superman from india you can have a superman from different areas you could that's the beauty of the multiverse it provides creativity it provides the opportunity to paint a new canvas in theory and they're doing it right now with future state which by the way i absolutely am enjoying uh right now uh you know and i'm not a dc dude and future state is actually pretty darn good and yes by the way there's a black batman in there too so <laughs> take it for what you do but this is happening i'm looking forward to this and you know sorry for you you, you know you got to get over yourself you really got to get over yourself I, I just hate this idea that we live in a in a country and it's supposed to you know advocate freedom and equality and and we're supposed to be adults who are supposed to be moral examples of humanity and we end up acting more like kids especially more nowadays if we're truly that mature and we're, we're truly representing morality of humanity then let's have the bigger picture let's be able to expand our minds we are capable of doing that and really focusing like why can't we do what is the fear what is the fear coming from that's what i think a lot of people don't understand what is the fear of another culture orientation or whatever giving the opportunity to be that's what i don't think that's the missing question of it all you know and maybe we'll find that out sometime soon maybe or maybe not ever who knows if we can unlock that code we can change a lot but there's a fear factor in this whole entire thing and it always happens and it, it just seems like it always will and i hope at least for as long as that i'm breathing that we'll find a way to unlock that psychological code if you will so moving on Zack snyder has confirmed that the upcoming justice league snyder cut as we all call it will be four hours in two minutes it will contain two and a half hours of footage never seen before and the whedon version a recent trailer release showing uh the origin of the mother box along with a lot of easter eggs involving cyborg wonder woman superman batman and the flash in there i saw it it's about two minutes 
I see it's hard for me to understand because I'm not a DC fan, so I probably wouldn't pick up all of the references of what they're saying and doing in there. But it was it was cool looking. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I could have sworn that he's. I don't. They keep from if you read, depending on which report you read, some of them say that this is going to be a four part series, and other people say this is a full movie. I don't know. All I know is that it is coming out next month, and I am looking very much forward to it because. From what I've seen in the trailers, it looks epic. Uh, we are going to get Dark Side, and we're going to get a lot. So I am, I'm very much. What, what bothers me? What, what, I don't think I want to say bother, but what what makes me um, confused, I should say, is that why did Josh Whedon cut so much of that out there? If you knew that Zack Snyder was going to come back and do the rest of this, like I don't. That's the confusing part. Like Josh Whedon turned it to what he made it right there, which was medium, like medium, like okay. <laughs> I don't know if there was a means to you know continue to, to tease the idea that that Dark Side was coming, but apparently Zack Snyder wanted all of that out in the open from the first from the door. So I don't know if there's going to be a sequel to this. I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know what was the intention of the original cut uh, or the Whedon cut, I should say, as opposed to the Snyder cut and how they were going to lead this into like maybe some form of a trilogy or or whatnot. But I, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to it because we're going to see Dark Side. We're going to see uh, a lot was going on. We're going to see the Joker in here by Jared Leto and his in all forms of Jesus in that sense. Um, we're going to see Iris uh, West or iris uh yeah i was yeah iris from uh the flash on air who was uh, who was taken out of the whedon version of it for some reason uh it's gonna be interesting it's just gonna be i'm i'm, I'm looking very forward to it so last bit of news i have or not even news um last bit of inf- uh last segment i want to talk about or last thing i want to talk about in the segment i should say is my thoughts on the latest marvel documentary available on disney plus and that is called behind the mask this documentary directed by michael jacobs explores the history of diversity and representation in the marvel comic universe and the industry as well they cover everything from black panther luke cage miss marvel captain marvel carol denver's version of captain marvel as well as some of uh and some of the bad decisions made by the company and comic industry in general uh when it comes to race appropriation of black and asian characters and more uh they also cover the ultra ego uh, aspect of our favorite superheroes and how important it is to have a humanistic side to the heroic persona they, they present uh this documentary has you will see appearances from joe kusada uh brian bendis which i was really happy about because of miles morales um henry jenkins uh david walker who explains how he relates to the thing uh it was really interesting because he talks about how he when him and uh, Dwayne McDuffie had a conversation about who's your favorite black hero superhero and oddly enough David Walker said the thing and he said that because David grew up he talks about how he grew up you know looking different from everybody else and you know felt outcasted and, and isolated from others which is kind of the same way the thing was when Ben Grimm became a thing you know he was not the same he lost you know people didn't look at him the same the yancey street uh you know gang would always antagonize him all the time but deep down aside it depressed him 
in a sense but it made him feel whole and david walker could relate to that character much like i did back in the day with peter parker which is why i'm a spider-man fan because despite the fact that peter parker is white he is he represents the everyman in some cases not by race but by you know lifestyle and personality he is a guy that goes through ups and downs when it comes to relationships when it comes to life situations bills being paid stuff like that you know struggle life struggles you don't have to be black or white or any color or any uh ethnicity to relate to that everybody has that and that's why he was always that dude and he he advocated for you know equality and justice in some of his um in some of his stories so i mean it's hard not to relate that there's always a marvel character that you always relate to and then let's not even get into the x-men portion of it which they do talk about as well because the x-men really really set the standards <laughs> as far as for most you know most black people you know relating to that so you know you also have comic historian peter um, sanderson in here you got uh, vp of content and creative uh creator development sana uh amanat i'm hopefully uh, getting that name right uh rabbi uh simcha weinstein who talks about how he uh, felt when the infamous Captain America cover of him hitting Hitler affected him and his community at the time. Neil Kir- uh, Kirby, who is the son of Jack King Kirby, is on here as well. Greg Pack, uh, writer and filmmaker. Uh, Reginald Holding, who has directed some of my all-time favorite movies, and that is House Party and Boomerang People. Like, this dude is awesome. I love this dude. He is just... If you've never watched House Party or, or, Boomer- or Eddie Murphy's Boomerang, you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> I'm sorry for you. Um, you also he he's he's always in a lot of these uh, documentaries too. He's in a, a ton of these documentaries. Um, Joe Duffy, Daryl, DMC, McDaniel's of course is in here. Like they always bring in DMC because he is he provides a great form of color commentary and and description of how much he loves about comic books and what has done to him in the history of what he's done he's always a great dude to have that christopher price who was the first black writer and editor in modern day comics and then we also get appearances from dennis cohen of dc and milestone media who talks about his um the time that he first went for an interview at dc comics to only be turned down because at, get this at the time at that time not recent at that time this is a long time ago they declined him even though they said his work was great but they declined him only because they had a colored artist working for them already so for some reason they could not they had no need for a second or third or fourth black artist it just i mean yeah and when it you should see the look on his face in the in, in the documentary go watch this and look at the face because if you're black you're you'll be just as taken back from him as well or anybody with a heart and in, in, in matter of sympathy or empathy you'll be taken back the same way that he was taken back it was like you had to take a pause for a moment to really just you know instill what was being said to you to him and kind of live vicariously through him in that moment it was like how would you be able to react to that especially back then like if that was today i think more people would be more proactive if they heard that but then again you you know people wouldn't dare say that now but like to say that back then it just speaks volumes of what the way we were treated and, and thought of back then 
<laughs> like it was a charity thing. We already got one. We can't afford to do another. It's just amazing. Of course, we get to hear uh, about what Jack Kirby, Joe Simon, and Stan Lee were doing to bring more diversity to Marvel from uh, their standpoint as well uh, in this whole thing. And then we also get to hear one of many of uh, Stan Lee's great soapboxes. Uh, I tell you what. If you really want to know how awesome a dude Stan Lee was when it came to talking about civil rights and equality, find on the internet all of his soapbox uh, editorials. It really shows how awesome this man was and how much of a game changer he was to this industry. He, he truly wanted to see equality. It just it, it never ceased to amaze me what he has said and has done uh for for this industry and how much of an impact marvel comics has had in the turning point of you know our society and and the way it happened and he used his form to do that and i can't greatly appreciate that enough as well as everybody in the documentary who made some type of change in there as well i'm glad that they mentioned you know even even showed Dwayne mcduffie in there because him and and dennis cohen along with the other you know members of milestone media also game changers as well so it, it was it go out of your way to check it out it's on disney plus right now it's one of the many reasons why i love disney plus it's one of the, actually it, i i specifically have disney plus for the marvel content so i mean it's it's well worth it for that alone but you also get all a lot of ton a uh, ton of content from star wars and nat geo and and disney of course as well so speaking of which we're going to segue out of here that will do it for what's new in the world of acmg we're going to take a break come back <laughs> we're going to run down episode eight and then recap everything that is going on in anticipation for the epic season finale of wandavision we'll do that right after this Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dax Xavier Josiah, the host of ACMG Presents Talk Time Live, the podcast. You want to catch up with all of our podcast shows and hear from some of the hottest names in all of anime, comics, movies, and games, such as... This is Miley Flanagan, the voice of Naruto. This is Stephanie Shea, the voice of Sailor Moon. This is Ruben Langdon, voice of Ken Masters and Dante from Devil May Cry. Hey there, this is Kyle Abair, the voice of Ryu from Street Fighter V. This is Chris Battle, character designer of Teen Titans Go. Here's your chance to check out all of that and more on Talk Time Live.com. TalkTimeLive.com provides all of our ACMG content with new and previous episodes, exclusive interviews, articles, and much more. Visit TalkTimeLive.com and let us help you learn to let go, live life, and love all things ACMG. Talk Time Live! Hey, this is Jeff Thorne. I am the writer, producer, showrunner of the Avengers Black Panther's Quest TV series, and you are listening to ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. Do it. And now it's time for our talk topic of the week. Ready? Wait. Ladies and gentlemen, this is our talk topic of the week, and it is our look back at everything that has happened so far in WandaVision. Let's first talk about episode eight, entitled Previously On. Uh, this takes place after. Wanda discovers and finally meets Agatha Harkness, aka Agnes, who's been following her all along and has been a part of this whole entire thing. Uh, we finally get to see a little bit more of where Agatha came from and where her journey started. They start off with the origin story of her that dates back 
eons ago and in this cult of witches that she was involved with and they are actually trying to do away with her because they think she's become too evil and she's encountered some powers some dark powers and magic that she should have not and even her mother who is the lead and this happens in salem massachusetts in 19 in 1693 um they decide that she's too much of a danger to them in, in, in the entire witch uh cult and they try to do away with her with her and for unfortunately she is just way too powerful for them and while they try to do away with her with her powers she gets them back she absorbs all of their <laughs> magic including her mom's draining them of their life force completely so you get to see and, and you know what's funny about that scene too is that like agatha, agatha claims that she you know even though her power she has this power she has no means to you know to do any evil she even told her mom she could be good but her mom just wasn't having it. This is the same situation as when the back and you know during that time with the witch hunts and everything, <laughs> that you know they claimed that every witch was evil or whatnot. And this is kind of the same situation with that. So, and you know instead of them doing away with her, they she wound up doing away with them, and she's lived for a for eons from this point, which then leads us back to Wanda and she's been hunting down wanda apparently i you know somebody a few people in our acmp facebook group when we were talking uh, during this episode we were trying to figure out how did agatha know that you know wanda had this ability and hex power or whatever and they never really talk about it but it's always implied that this her energy signature her magic energy signature, was probably a beacon for Agatha and not only that but the fact that Wanda was able to do what she did and bend reality the way she did was something that even Agatha couldn't even do so the whole point of Agatha even being in that Westview was to really monitor how Wanda was able to do what she does Wanda doesn't even know how she did what she does and it really shows throughout this entire episode because Wanda embarks on her journey uh, and revisiting everything that happened to her in her past to try to find out how was she able to actually do the powers that she did and how did they manifest to the level that they have um we find out a lot of things in this episode i mean i love this this wasn't like a the most action-packed episode in the world and but it 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 brought everything together it it i mean not just everything from this series but everything that has happened since we first saw her in age of ultron this uh because if you guys remember when she there was a scene in age of ultron when her and pietro was talking with ultron about how you know they just how they have hate for tony stark and what happened during the time that they were in um and and was it sokovia yeah it was a sokovia and basically what has happened over there is that they encountered they was with their family and they encountered a missile and, and there was a war going on and a missile came about that killed both their parents and somehow those two were able to stay alive and the last thing that they saw was a missile that had that's had the stark tech logo on there now they mentioned this on age of ultron we actually get to see this in its entirety 
in this episode and i thought this was so awesome because that was a that was one of it was a pivotal moment of that movie of them talking about why they have a hate for tony stark now we get to actually see it in this episode and i thought that was so great we also we we don't what she doesn't talk about is the fact that that missile was supposed to go off and for some reason she thought it was a dud agatha thinks that it wasn't the case agatha believes that it was her that stopped the missile from exploding and that she had this this hex ability the entire time so it wasn't based on an experiment from hydra it was basically her doing it all along and it was hydra you know taking advantage of it so that is interesting that is very very interesting that she uh, that they talk about this they also what they also do is reveal where she got the ideas of recreating this world that's based on some of our classic tv favorite shows in history and it shows that she's watching her father and uh used to have a collection of old tv shows like dick van dyke and the brady bunch and stuff like well not the brady bunch it was dick van dyke and uh i forgot what was the other one um there's a few others that was in there too but it was dick van dyke that they were watching on tv and it was pretty awesome uh, to see him it, it was a big beautiful tribute showing the love that dick van dyke and mary had, uh, mary tyler moore had in that show and um really why mary tyler moore was one of the greatest actors actresses of all time and um just a revolutionary in her own right she was very revolutionary all right mostly because she was wearing pants and not a skirt on tv but she you know if you don't know who mary tyler moore is go google it she is one of the greatest of all time uh in hollywood and uh, really a game changer for women in hollywood as well and just women in general i should say um because she kind of she were she was doing things in in hollywood back then especially on tv that was actually somewhat frowned upon you know culturally you know from a pop cultural standpoint um so i mean they did that there and then also all of the other things you know all those shows that she was watching they showed later on when they kind of revisit this episode too kind of reminded me of a christmas story because agatha played the, the you know the ghost of christmas whatever as they revisit all of these old you know specks of her memory to find out whether how wanda was able to manifest the powers at the level she did we do also find out in this episode that the soul stone the same soul stone that vision has carried in his head may have something had something to do with her powers increasing and enhancing uh because it actually probably it, it looks like it, it ignited something in her now there's a scene where they're in hydra and the the scepter the same scepter that uh that loki has had in avengers and they retrieved in in at the original in the age of ultron uh was in there with her so they wind up finding out that she was able to control it when others weren't able to do it she was able to control this and break the actual scepter but in doing so the soul stone ignited a power that allowed her to see something a little bit more interesting and there's a blur of something that is seen in there that looks like her in, in, in real scholar scarlet witch form so we get to see that and it's just a flash and then she knocked out what happens is while she's seeing that and she's going through that hydra cannot 
see any of this. They it, it cuts from the video footage that they see. So they they don't understand what happened during that time that that the Soul Stone did what it did. Um, and there, so there that situation has happened. Now take note at the same time, Agatha also has the kids in there, and as far as we know right now, the kids are real. As far as we know, the kids are real to to the extent. I do want to point out that a lot of stuff that has happened in this episode is referenced from the actual comics uh upon deeper research i i learned uh that they are reprising some scenes from the actual comics especially the scene in this episode where wanda where they show how wanda wants to go after vision to bury him she goes she finds him in sword headquarters um and then we have uh we have our favorite director, sword director, in there, and he is basically showing her what happened to Vision. And it is awful. It is absolutely awful in here. So basically, they took him apart. They took him apart, and this scene is very interesting because it is very reminiscent of the. There's a scene in the comics where uh, Vision has been taken to pieces and dismantled to to some extent and director hayward is in there letting her know that she's not you know she's not getting she's not getting um vision they're taking him apart he's worth billions of dollars in vibranium they don't want her to recreate him and weaponize him which they think that he's going to do he was just really he was really being an, a real ass about the whole thing he knows that they have a relationship he knows that they you know that you know he he's she's in love with him and he doesn't care he just he said like say your goodbyes one more time and that's it um but they dismantle him to a point that he can't be reassembled back and this if if you read the comics before this has happened before and this is also leading to something really deep which did happen in this episode so she's just broken she is like in dire depression and in pain emotional depression and pain losing her brother losing vision after the events of uh infinity war and she's just going through it and then she goes to west world westview new jersey and she finds the foundation of a house that her and vision was going to create for themselves and she opened up the map and come to find out you know that's where vision and then we're going to live and they were going to build their life together with and she couldn't take anymore she couldn't take anymore and that's when her pain turned into power and ignited she re recreated the house that they wanted and then also recreated the entire city without even a thought and this is what agatha is trying to figure out like how was she able to do all of this which took which took her years of practice to do it took her only just an emotional you know uh calamity to actually just come out of nowhere and do it and that's what she's trying to figure out right now it's this is just amazing because let me tell you elizabeth olsen's performance in this episode has been nothing short of phenomenal it is just absolutely phenomenal she is i mean we already seen what she's gone through since you know the first episode she's what she played as all these different characters of herself 
and then you go through this normal this her with her regular one now in pain there's got to be a lot to be said about elizabeth olsen in terms of being one of the one of the uh, top actors of 2021 you cannot disrespect what she has done in here and then paul bitney to that extent too but wanda really 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 changed the game here now i do want to take note that too that um monica rambeau and jimmy woo or darcy was not in this episode at all like this was totally focused on wanda and agatha through this whole entire thing so i i really enjoyed it what um what is happening now is that at the end of this whole thing marvel fans got what they wanted we finally got to hear the words in name and title of wanda maximoff as agatha finally recognized her as the scarlet witch and believes that she is something totally special like an omega level type of um witch that is beyond anything in reality and they there's only one person that you know that is considered that and that is called the scarlet witch and that's how the episode end but we did get another end scene we got another end credit scene and this was major because come to find out director hayward lied <laughs> to wanda now known as the scarlet witch finally known as the scarlet witch i should say we finally figured out that he was lying and he has an agenda to weaponize vision to do something that he claimed that was morally and ethically wrong in accordance to the sokovia accords that he cannot do and that is recreate recreate an lmd or any type of synthesoid ever lo and behold they actually are recreating their own vision <laughs> and using wanda's power from the drone that she uh that she destroyed the drone that still has her her hex energy signature on there they're using that to energize this and bring to life this new vision that is based around the 90s version of the comics this is white vision we we actually are going to see white vision in here and for those who don't know about this character this character this version of vision came out in the 90s and it was basically i forgot who was the writer responsible for it I, if you look at um the going youtube and go and watch one of the comics explain episodes where they cover vision there was a writer who was in charge of vision and didn't like the direction of vision and wanda's relationship and the fact that vision was actually um you know in a relation or wanda was in a relationship with a being that wasn't real you know he, to him it was weird so he kind of hit a joe kusada move basically uh and i say that because joe kusada is responsible for separating peter parker and mary jane which was blasphemy for myself and a lot of fans of that couple uh, he wound up doing that too and created this new white vision that who's in all white he's not in the this, the classic red uh green and yellow he's now dapped in all white and this version is basically he has no human qualities he lost that human element that he had you know before which he got from uh jarvis in the original in in, in the uh age of ultron series this one is devoid of any emotion any of that any mentality any human qualities that the original vision had so in the comics this new vision kind of broke uh wanda's heartbeat uh because they don't 
have anything in common. He's totally distant. He, you know, there's no love in that relationship anymore. So that becomes a thing. And it looks like that that's what they're leading to in this, in this series that we're going to get this new vision. And he looks awesome, by the way. I had to turn back that episode so many times. And it's, I, I cannot fathom what the hell is going to happen next week because next week's the season finale. It's the, it's the episode. So we're going to get a new vision. I, and honestly, I didn't, this was, I didn't think ever that this was going to happen. Nobody predicted that we were going to get a, the um, 90s version of Vision. Did not see that coming. And, I'm all for it. I am so all for this. This is all like I was. I haven't been this surprised about a character coming in in uh, the MCU since uh, Thanos and, and, and original Avengers. Like it was like that because it was just like one of those characters. I figured that we figured that they were going to just settle for the classic jar. Um, you know, the classic version here. We nobody thought that they were going to do this. And they're going, they're they're going with it. They, you know, we should be surprised because this is Marvel Studios. They're known for doing the impossible, and it's like they did it again. So I, I, it's is awesome. Next week is season nine, and who knows what's going to happen? This is all going to lead to Wandavision and whatnot, and what's going to happen? How is this going to change? Um, uh, Wanda now she's now known as the Scarlet Witch, and what's going to happen here? I, I have no prediction. Anything can happen at this point. Will we see Doctor Strange? Will we see any of those other characters, you know, that's scheduled to be in that movie? Um, what is up with that book that uh, Agatha has as well? How long is this episode going to be? Because this was a this episode here was about 40 minutes. This was another 40 minute episode. They, they had some episodes that were normally 30 minutes and this one was another 40 minute one how long is the final episode is going to be to really close the book on this whole thing i don't know i just i'm ready what i'm going to do is i'm going to binge the hell out of this leading up to it but let's look back at what's happened so far leading up to this and waiting and anticipating for next week i mean the first episode filmed before a live studio audience man we got to see wanda in that classic um in that classic uh dick van dyke and bewitch type of situation i mean just awesome and people i, I had so many, i had quite a few people and especially in our acmg group that were confused about the premise of this and some of them may not have been old enough to understand also that what is this leading to this was just nothing but creative greatness here for them to do that and then we started seeing bits and pieces of what was going on here uh, in this episode that something was not right and it's just little hints of things and it just grew and it grew and it grew as it went along um don't touch that dial we also saw which is episode two 37 minutes there started getting longer and we got to see reality change because they went from the dick van dyke type of thing and the bewitch thing to a more 70s type of deal so then we got the brady bunch you know type of format there which then episode three cover and now in um entitled now in color because that's when wanda became pregnant and that's when she had the twins and that's when we also found out that monica uh or which was at the time in the west world westview was known as geraldine remember that she would that um her brother was killed and that started everything and that's when we started realizing that wanda was you know wanda was the cause of this whole entire thing episode four that's when we started noticing the budget started going up 
<laughs> the series we uh, entitled we interrupt this program because we got to see monica sort of kind of or origin story of how she grew up since the time of captain marvel and she became a sword uh, agent as well and also how she ended up in westview as well from there and we got to see some interesting things from that uh episode five on this very special episode was the episode that we got to see wanda and vision really get at it the twins grew up they started growing up even more and this was episode um this episode when they got the dog and they wanted to take care of the dog but um they you know wanda was a little bit wary so the kids ended up growing up a little bit more to take care of the dog agnes just happened to be there every moment to take care of him including figuring out that they had a dog and had the dog house ready for him so that was what that was the situation but vision this was the episode that vision started figuring out something was not right and that's when him and her vision um vision and wanda was about to go at it while the credits are rolling up so you got that going on so vision was starting to realize that episode six entitled all new halloween spook tack oh i failed to mention that on episode five we got to see pietro aka the quicksilver of fox universe in here which unfortunately we also learned in episode eight he is not the real pietro in fact agnes calls him pietro in here so not only is he not the actual pietro of another fox universe nor is he pietro of uh the old he that does also it unfortunately cuts any ties of the fox universe merging in with the marvel cinematic universe because that's what we all thought and they had us thinking that the entire time so also credit to um go back to the episode eight i want to credit that they also showed um that a lot of us who thought that that the uh all new ep- halloween episode was based on malcolm in the middle movies right because she is watching malcolm in the middle malcolm in um in the middle in episode eight as they show a flashback of her and vision in the room watching the episode with brian cranston shout out to him wanted another phenomenal actor as well should have been lex luther but that's a whole other story um in there and they're watching his antics seriously brian cranston on malcolm in the middle was not supposed to be like the best character in that show but he wound up taking that show was supposed to be about malcolm <laughs> you started realizing he pulled an urkel move and made the show focus on him and his antics like he was hilarious in that show and he became the focal point of that show i believe like nobody cared about the kids at that point because <laughs> brian creston as a father always got himself into some homer simpson like antics it was hilarious but um this is the same guy who became walter white <laughs> later on take note but yeah it's just it's been fantastic and so we got to see um the episode six happened where they're going on a halloween you know uh they're going on a halloween in their neighborhood and but vision is also searching out to figure out what's going on in this in this little short town of theirs um we also see agnes who we now know is was playing along with this whole entire thing with vision and everything and he's figuring out all this that's going on so we also see um vision going out of that barrier to try to reach out to the to the real world only for that not to happen because he will deteriorate and hayward and all of sword was out there so that was a whole nother thing 
and we also see Pietro really become an antagonistic type of, you know, uncle in there that lets you wind up just blasting him <laughs> to the other side of um, of the of the town hall. And um, it's, it's just, man, just so much going on here. We move to episode seven, breaking the fourth wall, and they turn it into a modern family happy ending office type of vibe with the documentary style in here and this is the episode that we now learn that agnes that agnes is um agatha harkness and how everything just played in from here and this is what lead us to episode eight where we see really episode eight is the origin story of wanda now the scarlet witch we find i mean like it this with this what this series is done is focused on wanda in a way of understanding that she, along with Carol Denvers, aka uh, Miss uh, Marvel, um, Captain Marvel, is the most powerful superhero in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, and that's why they, they kind of it's funny that's because in one of the episodes, the um, I, one of the episodes they actually did have that conversation about who could have actually taken out Thanos, and it was between her. They were arguing between. Uh, Scarlet Witch and Captain Marvel in this case because they both had the ability to do so so uh, yeah man it is this is going to be crazy I am looking forward to it here's my thing too upon also researching everything especially when it involves the kids involves uh, this new vision and such and and director Hayward I could be totally wrong and I, I, I was skeptical about this when other people in our ACMG Facebook group was mentioning this but I am now on the bandwagon of thinking that Mephisto, there is something that Mephisto is involved in this in some way, somehow. I don't know if he actually is director Hayward because he's acting very fishy and funny about how everything's doing. I don't know what's happening. I don't, I, I like the kids. If and, and in comics, apparently the kids were created by Mephisto in some form or fashion. So, Unless Agatha is taking the place of Mephisto, which could possibly be because the way she's acting in this uh, in this in this universe is kind of like how Mephisto would would be reacting. And take note that um, Agatha is also a she's a she's a kind of a, in a gray area. She sometimes works with the superheroes and sometimes she is working against the superheroes as well. As many of you know, sometimes she is working with the Fantastic Four and babysitting them, you know, Franklin and whatnot, to some case. Um, there's a lot to this. Hayward is still a major question, as we now know that he's recreating Vision now. But is there more to him? Is he actually Mephisto? Could it be more? We don't know. I mean, anything can happen. The thing is, Marvel constantly keeps us on our toes, and they've been doing this for the past few weeks, and I am grateful for it because <laughs> we know nothing until we know so i i can't wait i am looking forward to this and really i can't really predict anything um to this point because it, it can't go anyway because and only because they're partially going by what the comic books is doing and then they're doing their, their own thing they're taking a little bit of liberties of what they're doing but that's to keep the suspense if anybody does it better than than marvel studios you got to let me know because what they've done is just awesome and i finally get to see why 
we finally see through these episodes why there was a over two two hundred million dollar budget for this series. I am enjoying it. I, I'm looking forward to it. Like this week, I am going to be watching Age of Ultron. I'm going to be watching Civil War. I'm going to be watching um, Infinity Wars again, and then just binge this into all eight episodes of this the day before the season finale i am so looking forward to this this has been an awesome ride we needed this i say this every week but we needed this 2020 was horrendous and we we were without marvel content at all it was worth the wait and i am i i am so grateful i i, I haven't said this in a long time but this is a great time to be a fan I haven't said that in a long time, and it is. And then on top of this, we're going to be getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier within just weeks away. And then all those other great shows within weeks away. But I tell you this, WandaVision right now is the best comic book series on TV. And that's not taking anything away from what Greg Berlanti is doing. The new Superman series was awesome. Should have been talking about that as well. That, but that was a really really good take on superman and i'm looking forward to seeing what they're going to do there um batwoman has been pretty good uh black lightning has been has been awesome as always but right now marvel studios is taking comic book shows to another level like we thought we really thought greg berlanti was was doing some like things and he really is and by the way the flash is coming back this week i believe as well uh he has taken episodic comic book television to another level i mean like marvel studios is just absolutely fantastic in doing stuff like this um yeah man jack schaefer who is the creator of this show deserves a lot of credit for what he's done this is just this this is beyond top-notch level i i can't wait to see this finale so if you haven't watched this show already and if you need a reason to buy disney plus this show is just one of many reasons to get Disney Plus. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. It is a great investment. Even if you get it, even if you get it for like a month, because people don't realize you can just buy this stuff in a month and you'll be fine. You can just, you can absolutely just buy a month's worth of, you know, of these streaming apps and then unsubscribe. And if you want to go back into it, resubscribe again and go off. They, you have that option. You're not obligated to stay and you know to, to actually stay you know dedicated and committed to a, a streaming app you just not if you want to just go one time go to hbo and watch something there and then go off and go to watch uh, you know something on disney plus you could do that it's your decision they're not going to lock you to any contracts nor they should so go at it have fun but definitely go out of your way to check this out especially if you're a marvel fan this may want you this may need you to want to or intrigue you to want to invest in more so ladies and gentlemen that will do it for this edition of Talk Time Live. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. And thank you guys for continuing to listen to this show. Please let everybody know about us. If you're on any of our streaming uh, our platform, podcast platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, TuneIn, as well as Pandora, Pocket Cast, and for my data, many others that I'm not going to mention, but you guys are looking checking out the show from some really interesting areas and i greatly appreciate it no matter what state 
city, or even country that you're listening to this show, because we are being heard from various parts of the world. And I am greatly humbled and happy that we're getting this type of buzz out here. So thank you guys so very much. Uh, Definitely check us out, but also, you know, give us a rating. Let us know uh, what you think of this show and what needs to be improved or whatnot. I mean, always for some, you know, improvements, everybody should be, you know, we should be shouldn't be uh staring away from that so definitely give us some uh, you know have some feedback on that stuff too like on our on these platforms you can also check us out on talktimelive.com every episode is on air as well uh you can also check out our interviews which by the way I believe this week i will have an interview uh hopefully knock on wood that this is still on but um retromania wrestling was just released for the pc and steam last week and I will have back on this show Mike Herman of Retrosoft Studios to talk about the aftermath of his experience with Retromania Wrestling, which was the first game he's ever worked on and done for his company. He's a big fan of WrestleFest, and uh, I've been waiting to have him back on since the last time he's been on before this was put together. And he's got a lot. He should have a lot to be proud about. So we're going to talk about that in his journey through all of that because he went. Th- they went through a lot during the journey of 2020 with that with the development of that game so and hopefully we'll get news on when the other console versions will be out as well so stay tuned for that hopefully we could get him on this week we should be able to get him on this week we've been plotting for this for quite some time so um let's get to that and then we also have select start which uh i will be reviewing uh i I was what i was hesitant to uh, play this game but uh, or even want to play this game but uh i decided to jump on it curse of the dead gods uh is out this game is a let me just put it i don't want to say it's a hades clone or or a super giants clone but there is a lot of resemblance to the gameplay the look the feel of hades there's a lot of it. It, it it this but there's a lot of great buzz about it um it looks great it plays virtually the same there are narrative differences to them but um we'll definitely talk about that and review that as well post uh with past tech games uh uh, was the developers uh focus uh home interactive was the publisher for this it is available on the playstation nintendo switch xbox and steam as well so you know if you were a fan of hades you may want to jump onto this and well we'll talk deeply on this game and much more on the next select start this week so next week on this show however we're going to be reviewing coming to america 2 starring eddie murphy arsenio hall wesley snipes a whole horde of other great comedians we're finally getting the sequel to one of the most beloved comedies of all time and it's coming next week on Amazon Prime. So stay tuned for that. We'll have more news going on of our favorite fandoms. And of course, that review as well. Thank you guys so very much again. And I hope you guys are remaining safe out there. Uh, again, shout out to all those people in Texas. Just spoke to one of our ACMG members uh, that was going on in Texas. And thank goodness um, their family is doing great out there. I hope you all are doing great out there. But please stay safe and look after each other as much as possible. So that'll do it for me. On behalf of myself, this is Dax Xavier Josiah saying, learn to let go, live life, and love all things anime, comics, movies, and games. This is ACMG Presents Talk Time Live. I am out of here. Take care.
Music for this episode is provided by Game Chops. Check out these great chiptune tracks and more at music.gamechops.com.